You know, it's funny that vulnerability is a powerful thing. Uh, it seems like a paradox because the world tells us that to hide your fears, mask your weakness, cover what you don't know will bring gain and power and worth. But the reality is that the most influential people are those willing to humble themselves and express their struggles um, because it speaks to our common experience. The interview you're about to hear is with someone who is willing to admit their brokenness and express a deep-rooted hope that brings lasting change. Uh, two things that we would request. If you like what you hear, please share. Uh, we do know that tons of people are going uh, through similar circumstances um, and have that uh, common experience with the interviewee. Um, also, consider supporting Fish Food so that we can continue providing consistent content. Go to www.fishfood.me or me and click support and it will carry you to a link where you can become a patron. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Hello folks, this is your host Corey Pelton and this is Fish Food, providing morsels of hope to a hungry world. Ella was um, probably about a year old. I started noticing that um, she was missing some of her developmental milestones, and um, she did not wave bye-bye. She wasn't pointing at things, and I started just to become a little worried about her. And um, probably around two, two and a half um Hudson started to kind of see what I was talking about. By two, she really wasn't speaking. If any of you have raised a, a child with a disability, then this episode may resonate with you, or you may know somebody who is um, struggling in uh, trying to figure out how to raise a child with a disability. Uh, Shelby Segrist is our uh, guest again on, on f- uh, Fish Food. It's the third part of a three-part series uh, where she walks us through the struggle that she has had with a child who is um, on the autism spectrum and just how grace can enter in and has entered into her life to give her a whole new perspective on being a parent to her child. So in the, in the midst of all of that, um, our daughter just was an incredibly difficult baby. (laughs) Um, and it was, um, it was just hard. I had a hard time being a mother. Um, she didn't sleep. She didn't, um, she didn't sleep through the night consistently until she was about four. Um, and there was, there was a point when I thought, I don't know why anyone ever has another child. <laughs> this is what it's always like. Mm. Um, but we did. Um, we we had a, a son born in 2008. And um, but baby Ella was um, probably about a year old. I started noticing that um, she was missing some of her developmental milestones. And... Um, mm 
she did not wave bye-bye she wasn't pointing at things and I started just to become a little worried about her and um probably around two two and a half um Hudson started to kind of see what I was talking about by two she really wasn't speaking um Hmm. and at two and a half um we did have her tested and um we had her tested by an autism specialist who said uh I really don't think she's autistic um I think that she just has a expressive language disorder Hmm. um and um but we we started her with speech therapy and a um well we were supposed to start her with speech therapy she qualified for that but um through the state because she was under three um but of course there was a waiting list for a speech therapist and um but in the meantime they had also said she qualified for special services um with self-help and so um, at this point, I had um, James was was a newborn infant, and um, so we um, got Miss Barbara to come to our house and help her um, with self-help skills. And because we weren't able to get a speech therapist, Miss Barbara said, "I don't really think she has trouble with self-help. I think she just needs to learn how to talk." Hmm. And she was very skilled in 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 helping her with that. And um, and Miss Barbara was such a gift and really helped her. Um, and we ended up putting her when she was three in a precious preschool that was inclusive. And um, she continued to grow in her verbal skills. And we um, switched to a speech therapist, Miss Molly, who was amazing. And she was Ella's speech therapist until she was six when we moved here to Birmingham. And um, and gave her a voice and um she tested positive um tested normal for language um by the time she wow. was seven wow. That's great. and so we were just so thrilled with that but her early years were really really um difficult because we kept taking her to people and they would say well she's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and we're not sure um or there's enough normal about her that i'm hopeful um but in the meantime, when she was about four, we felt like we were lost as parents. I mm. mean, she ruled our house. Um, mm. She was very difficult. She was violent. I couldn't leave her alone with my younger child. Um, and we thought, where where do we go from here? Like, she's controlling our house. and We know that's not right. <laughs> Um, and so we started seeing a um, Christian psychologist who was also an elder in our church, David Arkin. And, um, after about nine months of counseling, mostly us <laughs> as parents, he said, um, I got to apologize because I really, when y'all first came, I thought, oh, I've got this. I, I can fix this. Mm. And um, y'all done everything I've asked you to do. And... I'm a psychologist, not a psychiatrist for a reason. And, um, but medication was created for a subset of children. And I do think it's overprescribed, but I think that Ella is one of those children who's probably going to need medication someday. Mm. And I burst into tears and said, not my child. Mm. <laughs> um, I just thought, no, 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 I can't do this. Mm. And, um, and, but it was one of those things that the Lord was preparing me for um, because it was not something she needed then, but then when she would need it, 
um, I, I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so God has every step of the way through her journey and through our journey as parents given us more than we even knew to ask for. Um, one of the sweetest things that he has done is every doctor and every therapist she has ever had has been a believer. And that is not something that we've even asked for or, or necessarily even knew we needed. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of physicians and therapists who are amazing at what they do who aren't believers. Right. But to give us that, um, people who can come alongside of us and love us and her so well and to pray with us and, and for her um, has been such an amazing gift and um, has been so helpful through the process. And mm-hmm. so when we moved here to Birmingham, um, she started kindergarten um, in a Christian classical school here and in a traditional classroom. And about three weeks in, that's when we had to start that medication we've been planning for for a wow. couple of years. <laughs> right. She is not functioning in the classroom. And mm. at that point we did. And I said, oh my word, why didn't we do this sooner? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like TVs and minivans. We swore we'd never do it. And then when exactly. we did. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, we continued to do some, some more testing with her. And that's when she tested normal for language development, which we were so thankful for. Um, but we did officially get a diagnosis of an autism spectrum disorder at that point. And, um, you know, the, the autism spectrum is, is a spectrum and no two kids are alike on it. And um, she is so high functioning that that is one of the reasons we got so many conflicting reports um, right, right. early on. Um, and we've worked really hard her whole life and she's worked hard too to get um, to where we are. Um, there have been a lot of dark days um, with her. And a lot of times when I, I wasn't sure what I was doing as a parent, even I think even more than a normal parent feels of a, of a neurotypical kid. I mean, I feel that with my I have two boys um, in addition to her. But, you know, and I feel that with my boys a lot of times, too. But with her, you know, and being my oldest, my first, so everything's new. And then there's been so many special challenges with her. Um, right. right. How's, with, how does that manifest itself today? Today she, she's how old now? She's thirteen now. Okay. And um, today she is actually back in a traditional school um, for the first time in two years. We took a couple years off for her to be in a um, small um, kind of homeschool co-op. I guess is the best way to describe it. I didn't homeschool her, <laughs> but um, the Lord provided a. Um, wonderful opportunity and um person this is probably where i'll start crying um in in anmara hinton mm-hmm. um and anmara started uh this foundation called empower ministries a few years ago to um help families her tagline is building a bridge from frustration to hope mm-hmm. and part of this ministry is new beginnings tutorial helps families and kids um who can't homeschool or um their kids are not succeeding in a traditional school environment Mm. um it helps give these kids the tools that they need 
um, to succeed in whatever the next thing is going to be, whether it's public school, private school, or homeschool situation. And so Ella was there for two and a half years. The um, the school she had been in, the, she had just her anxiety um, had gotten so high that she was starting to have a lot of behavioral problems with her. So mm-hmm. It just wasn't working anymore. And um, I grieved the loss of that for her. Um, I grieved that that was not her story, um, that it was not what I wanted for her. Um, I grieved the loss of that community for her. But I was so grateful um, for... The, the opportunity I was grateful that someone would take her and teach her <laughs> right. um, and um, and so it's been it was just a really really sweet um, sweet blessing um, and <clears throat> so after two and a half years there um, well even last earlier last year Anna and I started talking and she said I think she's ready to go on and I was like I don't think so what if she's not and I had a lot of fear um even up until the first day of school this year she's done well (laughs) she has exceeded all of my expectations um she's doing better than well and um so I'm so grateful for Amara and for the other teachers at New Beginnings who um really poured into her and gave her the tools to succeed and um and so she is in school full time and in a traditional classroom and you know we have she and i um have a difficult relationship Mm -hmm. um we have never really bonded well um and that goes back to infancy um it is it is a struggle it is a struggle for me to um love her well it is a struggle and that often gives me a lot of mom guilt (laughs) um but at the same time I would kill for her Mm. and I am her advocate I'm her biggest advocate. And I know that. And, um, you know, I, I work hard for her in the school settings. I, um, you know, I would do anything for her Mm. and Mm. it doesn't always, um, it's hard sometimes when I don't get the response from her that I wish that I would get. Um, but, um, but that that's okay. Mm. I mean, I'm called to be her mother, and um, God has given her to me for this season. Mm. And um, I read this book uh, about six months ago called Different by Sally Clarkson and her son, Nathan Clarkson, who has severe OCD. And the um, subtitle is The Story of an Outside-the-Box Kid and the Mom Who Loved Him. And it, it did so much for me to soften my heart and um, and to really just give me hope. And um, at the end of one of the chapters, she said, um, gradually I proceed in these practices, which was just her choosing to love him even when he was hard. Um, I began to understand more what Jesus meant when he said, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Mm -hmm. When he sacrificed his own love for us, his unruly, selfish, outside the box children, as I made the choice over and over again to lay down my own life, Mm -hmm. um, I began to love Jesus more and appreciate his sacrificial love for me. And so parenting her as hard as it is on a daily basis, sometimes, I can I can stop and think, but that's what I do to Jesus. Right. <laughs> that's what I, that's what 
um, you know, I am, I am unruly. I am selfish. I am ungrateful. Um, but he loves me anyway. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, um, it's, it's hard work, (laughs) but I can, I can look back and see God's faithfulness through her entire life. And I can see how far she's come and we are hopeful for her future. I mean, we don't know if she'll be able to live independently, um, but we hope for that. Right. And, um, and so that is um, something, you know, we long for and we work, you know, work towards, but um, she is fearfully and wonderfully made in, in, in an image bearer and um, created for a purpose. And we are here as her parents to help her discover that purpose and um, to teach her just like our boys. And so, um, though it is harder at times, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is, um, it is, it's our calling. Sure. How do your boys respond? Um, you know, it is, um, you know, she and James are two and a half years apart and then, and Matthew are eight eight and a half years apart. And so um, there's a lot of fighting in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody is always crying, and sometimes it's me. Um, And, um, but they, they love each other so fiercely, all three of them. They do everything fiercely. There's really no um, middle ground (laughs) with any of them. But, you know, and I struggle with, um, I worry about my middle child probably the most. Um, he went for six and a half years as the baby before our, real, our other baby came along. And so you know, he is really just the stereotypical middle child with Ella on one end who gets a lot of attention, sometimes negative, hmm. and then the baby um, who will always be the baby. And I will always say... <laughs> just give it to him. He's only, you know, two, four, 16, whatever, (laughs) you know. Um, And so I do worry about him. He's my sensitive child. He's my my empathetic child. He's the one who senses my moves. Um, And so, and and he frequently bears the brunt of Ella's emotions. Um, But I know that he as an adult, will take care of her. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope that he doesn't resent her. That's my prayer, is that his heart never becomes hardened towards her, towards the time that we've had to spend in the car, going to therapy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, this thing or that thing. And, um, you know, I I talk all the time to him about, you know, we say God made um, Ella's brain different. It's just sort of, you know, the tagline we use. it's, it's, she's not less than, um, you know, so I, I'd say, cause, cause he has a lot of uh, food allergies, you know? And so it's kind of, you know, God made Ella's brain different and he made her stomach different. <laughs> right. So we all have any differences in the family. Huh. Um, and so, um, you know, he, um, especially as he gets, as he's gotten older, you know, he gets it more. And there are times when he gets frustrated and I can get in his face and say, I'm sorry, I know it's not fair, but this is, this is our life. And I, and I can just pray that the Lord uses all that he's gone through as her brother for his good. And to know that this is part of his story and it's no accident. I mean, 
when you're placed in a family, uh, it's part of your story. Right. <laughs> and yeah. it's, you know, my boys having a daughter with, I mean, having a sister with autism is part of their story. And it's completely interwoven with who they are now and who they will always be. And so yeah. my prayer is that it makes them better men, better husbands and fathers. Um, and it gives them compassion for people who are different. Mm. Which kind of goes back, I mean, kind of tying it together, it goes back to what you are talking about, about the church earlier and mm-hmm. mi- ministering mm-hmm. to you all through Katrina and just the, uh, you know, once you're in that body, you're in that body. And when one suffers, you all suffer. You know, when somebody mm-hmm. rejoices, you all rejoice. And it, and it right. um, uh, the, the story is everybody's story, not just one person. Well, it is. And, and I talk about that uh, with, you know, um, and, and back in the winter, I, I was able to, to share some of Ella's story at our um, church's women's conference. And, um, you know, some big churches are able to have special needs ministries, um, you know, a separate department with a separate director. Um, and that's great when that can happen. Most churches can't. Mm. Um, and most churches don't need to. And really what special needs ministry and the church needs to look like is me going to you and saying, what do you need? How can I help you? How can I love you? Mm. Um, And we have had that so, (laughs) so much in this church. And um, my daughter, right before Ella left the first school she was in, that semester was very, very dark for us. Um, I mean, I was getting, (laughs) I was on the phone, phone with the principal all the time trying to figure out what was going to happen. And, and it was, a, it's a covenant, that school is a covenantal community. And, you know, it was a, it was a precious thing to walk through, even though it was difficult with that principle, but um, it was a dark semester for us, not knowing what was going to happen. And um, we were in a really bad place with Ella and she, every Sunday she would very quickly push all the right buttons so that she would have to be taken out of church. And so we were <laughs> to this point where we were like, why are we even going Like, we'll just start alternating. One of us will stay home with her and one of us will go. And I was talking with my counselor about it. And, um, and she's like, no, like that's where the church needs to step up. And I was like, what are you talking about? Wow. (laughs) And she said, you need to have people who, and now she's a member of a bigger church that has a special needs ministry. They have a buddy system where somebody volunteers to sit with the special needs child or adult so that the family can worship. Right. Right. And so she's like, you need to get some people to sit with her so you don't have to. And I was like, huh? Okay. And so I emailed the wife of the children's ministry director. And I was like, this is what we need. What do you think? And we ended up with seven precious families who were on a rotation that Ella sat with and this went on for two years. Wow. Um, and it changed our lives huh. because she was in worship. And of course, don't you know that I think in two years she only had to leave the sanctuary one time with another family <laughs> <laughs> because she was on her best behavior with somebody else. Wow. Um, but we were able to rest and worship. And then when she came back with us, in the ride home, we weren't stressed. She wasn't stressed. So our afternoon at home was going better. I mean, it changed everything. And so, you know, I said, that's, we take these members, we take the guys when a child is baptism, baptized to um, 
to support this family and to help them raise this child. Right. And that's one way you can do this is to, you know, come alongside a family who's got a child um, with a special need and love them and, mm. and help them. And so um, that's something that we're so grateful for, you know, mm. and she sits with us every Sunday now, although occasionally if my husband's working, I'll say, Hey, why don't you go sit with so-and-so? <laughs> I just need, need a break. But um, it was, it was amazing. Um, and just such a practical to what, what a lot of us um, wow. say. Wow. That's my, that's my special needs ministry tip for the church. <laughs> Man, that's excellent. That's, a, that's great, practical, hands-on love. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, yeah. What is some advice that um, you might have for somebody who has questions about uh, their own child? Yeah. Uh, go with your gut early on. Mm. Um, early intervention is absolutely key. I mean, our, our psychiatrist um, just last week, said um we were talking about you know how well she's doing now you know at 13 and kind of what the teenage years might or might not look like and um and he he was looking back in his notes about the first time he saw her even five years ago and her behavior in his room and his what she she was acting like and how far she's come and since he's been seeing her in five years and he said there's no doubt in my mind that without y'all's um, financial investment in her, which I'm super thankful that the Lord has given us that because sadly it does cost a lot of money. Um, and there are families that can't do it mm-hmm. strictly because of money, because a lot of times insurance doesn't cover the things that your child needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but without y'all's financial investment and without y'all's emotional investment and without y'all's physical investment in her with your time and your energy, she would be a DHR case, nonverbal in an institution. Wow. Um, and so practically it is go with your gut. If you think something's wrong with your child, stay after it. You mm-hmm. pursue help. You get help early. Um, and, 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 my husband did not agree with me early on. I was the one who was like, mm, I just don't think something's right. Um, and so um, early intervention is incredibly important. Um, read and learn and study about whatever your child's um, difficulty is. Um, you know, become an expert at it mm-hmm. um, so that you can talk on the same level with the doctors and the therapists. Um, and get support for yourself. Um, that was something that someone told me years ago when she was little. Um, and I started getting, again, we, we were able financially to do this, but I started getting a babysitter even, um, when she was little, it was one afternoon a week, but I knew that every afternoon for three hours, I was going to get a break. Um, and so just, um, getting a break and, you know, you can't, um, a child with special needs, you can't just leave with anybody. So it's got to be a special kind of sitter. And God has re- just regularly raised up um, really amazing people in our lives who've become family to us and um, and have taken care of all my children and um, loved them. And so just to have that practical, I've got to have a break and I've got to take care of myself and not feel guilty about that. Because if I am exhausted right. <laughs> and emotionally at the end of my rope, 
I can't take care of my children. And then I have absolutely no way can I meet my husband's needs at the end of the day when I am completely done. Um, And so definitely um, I would say take care of yourself too. Um, Eat well and exercise and all of those things that seems really hard to find time for. Right, right. Um, And we talked theologically a little bit. I mean, just you mentioned the importance of, I mean, even the the vows as members that we take Mm -hmm. of covenanting together to Mm -hmm. um, uh, pursue each other's children. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not just some church. Uh, made up thing. I mean, that's a that's commissioned from the scriptures that we sure. take care of each other and love each other well. And mm-hmm. um, and you've seen the beauty of that. Any other yes. you know uh, theological clinging that you've done where you've learned um, of God's goodness? Yeah, um, just again, like Psalm one thirty nine, knowing that she is fearfully and wonderfully made. That God knit her together in my womb. Mm. Um, with a purpose, um, that it was not accidental, that she um, is an image bearer, that um, she has worth, um, that her story, um, though it has not been the way I dreamed from the minute I heard that I was having a daughter, because I had such an amazing relationship with my mother, and I could only imagine what my relationship with my daughter was going to be like. And it's the opposite of what I dreamed. Um, But that God has a purpose in that. And, um, you know, that she has um, blessed other people. And then I am continually told by other people what a joy she is and what a delight she is. And, how kind she is. And, um, I have been told that, um, she has helped other children around her to be stretched, um, to, to learn to love children who are different. Um, and I'm thankful for that. And so I know that, um, that, that God's purpose in it, even when I can't see the whole picture, Um, you know, he has given me glimpses of it. Um, I, I know that there is purpose in it and it is good. Um, and so, you know, I cling to that. And, um, but one of her teachers from, um, the school that she left before she was going to new beginnings, sent me a verse. Um, she said, the Lord just laid this on me and I wanted to share it with you as Isaiah 43, 19. And, um, I might kind of butcher the quoting of it um, <laughs> and, right. and put like several different versions of it or translations of it in. But um, it is, behold, um, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Hmm. I am making a way, uh, streams in, in the desert, um, or making a way in the desert. And um, and that's actually become the theme verse for New Beginnings School. And... Um, you would think I would have it memorized by now because it was on every email MR sent for two years, but um, <laughs> I obviously didn't read her emails close enough. But yeah, so, but yeah, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And so, uh, you know, for two years, three years now, you know, that's what I keep thinking is like every, with every new thing, 
God is doing a new thing and I can't always see it, but I, I can look back mm. over the last 13 years and see what he has done. Right. And with faith, trust that, um, he will continue to take care of her and to take care of us and, um, and to see us through each day. That's great. If, uh, if somebody wanted to know more about empower ministries, how would they find that information? Um, I believe the website is empowerforkids.org. Okay. Empower the number four kids.org. Okay. Okay. Excellent. And thank you. You've, uh, shared a tremendous amount of, of good truth, helpful truth. I appreciate it very much. Thank you've you. Been, you've been brave to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Brave is the right word, but <laughs> it is. It is. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Fish Food. Two things to remember, if you like what you hear, please share this with your friends. Also, consider supporting Fish Food so that we can continue providing consistent content. Simply go to www.fishfood.me or me and click support. That will take you to a link so that you can become a patron. And again, thank you for the support.